everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. This is part two of a two-part interview with Tom Terwilliger on developing your comeback plan in the midst of crazy uncertain times like coronavirus and quarantine and so on and so forth. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that first before you start this episode. So I think as part of a growth mindset that opens us up to these opportunities, especially now, that if we adapt that beginner's mindset, like a newbie, like, okay, you know, listen, I've done this job for years. I'm really good at it, but maybe I got to learn something new. Maybe I got to learn how to do it differently. Maybe I have to, instead of saying, oh, I resent that because it's below what I used to do. This is one of the challenges, one of the challenges CEOs, big high paid CEOs run into. They have this mindset where it's just like, well, I've been running Disney for years. And now you want me to do what? Do you want me to be a, a vice president of this company? That's way below. And they wind up unemployed for the rest of their lives because they don't They'll have. stay that way because they're not going to take anything less than, you know. That's right. That's do. right. So being open and receptive and having that beginner's mindset is key. So that's one of the things that I always try to cultivate is that bigger. Anytime I see something new, I listen. And this is something important for all of us. Listen to what your, your inner voice is saying. You know, that's impossible. I can't do that. Or I would never be able to. That's not me. Anytime we say that's not me, we're, we're reducing our, our ability of becoming that or doing that or experiencing that in many respects. Yes. I have to write that down too, because these are all things. Oh, there's so many things. By the way, so what, what you were just talking about, the childlike attitude yes, um, or mindset, it's funny because I recorded a podcast. It was just a Kelly L. Solo show. And I said, it was just titled, it was very similar. I said, everything that you need to know to be successful in life, you learned as a kid when you were mm-hmm. learning how to ride a bike. Because very similarly, what I said is when you're a kid and you see the other kids riding a bike, it's two wheels. It's you know, you don't know how to balance. You don't know how to do anything. You're like, 
but you don't think about, I couldn't do that. That's too big. My feet aren't going to blah, blah, blah. You just are like, daddy, I want to mom. I, I want a bike. I want to mm. ride a bike. I need to be like the other kids. Like I just, I want a bike. And it's not even a thought that it's not going to happen. Right. You just are going to ride that bike. So you get your tricycle and then you're on the tricycle. Well, then you want the two wheeler and, and your parents, or your brother, or your sister, they'll show you how to ride the bike and you'll fall off a million times and you'll skin your knees and your elbows, but you just keep going because inevitably you're going to ride the bike. And it was never a thought of maybe that's just for the other kids. Maybe that's yeah. just for the boys. Maybe that's just for the girls. Like you just do it. You just did it. Why, why is it when we're older, just to what you said, there's women I'm coaching right now where they're constantly going, Oh, I just, honestly, I can't lose weight because I've literally, I've literally tried everything. And mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Cause I, I said that before too. And I realized I wasn't counting calories. So right. calories. Oh, I know what I'm eating. I know what I mean. You know, and then they just go on and on. And then the last thing you said, when I'm like, I've, I've got to write that down. When you said, people will say, that's not me. Mm. I hear that all the time, but you know what? I will give you one of the most recent examples for everybody listening and watching, it's so true. I watched CrossFit become this big fitness phenomenon yeah, for a while. We watched I, it evolve, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would just frankly, you know, it 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 was becoming really big right after I founded Fitfluential. So and we worked with a lot of brands like Reebok and we did a lot of stuff with CrossFit. So I had a negative experience because it was just all these elitist CrossFit people who said bodybuilding was stupid. Runners are stupid. Yogi people are stupid. CrossFit is the only thing in the world that counts. It was really bad in those yeah. days. Remember? Yep. Um, so I never really liked it. And I also, all I ever saw were people online doing the same thruster moves over and over. That's all I ever saw. I'm like, do you guys do anything else? What about shoulder <laughs> press? What about this? You know, and I, I just didn't like it. And so yeah. I had this, total judgment about CrossFit, anything to do with CrossFit. And I'm, I hired a trainer in Austin. I started working out at Gold's gym, which to me was like the hardcore badass gym. Sure. And it's not that we were doing CrossFit, but the stuff he had me doing was what I would call CrossFit style. And I remember, you know, it was like hardcore deadlifting, um, front squat stuff I'd never done before. And I remember I'm like, that's not me. I'm, I am an isolation mm. training girl. This is what I want to do. I want to just lose fat, blah, blah, blah. He's like, can you just trust me? Cause we're going to get you strong and getting you strong is going to help you lose and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I ended up loving that stuff. Wow. I ended up loving learning how to squat the right way, mm. learning how to do a front squat. It intimidated the hell out of me, but I felt like a badass. I felt like I was walking out like she Arnold. every time <laughs> I left I'm like, I, I got this. You know, so, you know, what's really fascinating about that. We do feel, and this is one of the reasons to challenge yourself in the gym and outside the gym as well, mm -hmm. because you feel a sense of accomplishment too many times in life. We don't allow ourselves that opportunity to feel a really, truly challenged sense of accomplishment, especially when, it, and one of the things that you, I mean, you accomplished several things. One, you broke through the physiological barriers that you may have set up for yourself. You broke through the mindset barriers. You explored something new and you got damn good at it. You, 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 you more or less mastered something that could take a long time to master getting those things right. Really doing a squat right with the nuances that are involved to be able to use the kind of weight and not kill yourself in the process. It's a tremendous learning process. But what happens is we start to, and this is, Going back to this, that's not me. Yeah. 
that's not who I am. That's not the guy. I mean, I'm not the guy. Or, you know, you don't even have to say, folks, you don't have to say that's not me. You can say, I'm the kind of person. I hear this all the time. I'm the kind of person that does this. I'm the kind of, really? So does that mean you're in this box? This is, this is who you are. This is it. What if you were a kind of person who did something else? What if you're a kind of person who explored something else, you know? So we have to give ourselves those opportunities and, and, and chances to be able to expand. I call it, uh, in my first book, um, I call it the do then believe model because it's like, how do I shift my beliefs? It's not easy to shift your beliefs. Beliefs are ingrained. They're part of who we are. They make up who we are. And again, if we want to change who we are, if there are parts of us we're not that happy with or that have been influencing us in a way that doesn't really serve us down the road or what it is that we want to accomplish, then we have to be able to change who we are. And part of that is changing our belief system, shifting our values, new behaviors. But the belief system, how do we do that? How do we change it? We can go in internally. We can use hypnosis. We can use NLP training. We can use, uh, we can use meditation. Or you can do. If you don't believe, I'm not the kind of person who lifts weights. I'm not, I don't, the CrossFit thing, I don't do that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to find out if you could actually be a CrossFit person? Do CrossFit. And all of a sudden, the belief, because you do it, you're actually in the field making it happen, all of a sudden, the belief system starts to shape. And the other thing that does is it opens up the mind to thinking, well, if I can do that, I never believed I could do something like that. If I could do that, you know, or if I could get up on stage, and compete, I, could, I can do something else. I can do this. Maybe I can write that book that I wanted to write. Maybe I can be an actor. Maybe I can do whatever it is that you want to do. The belief system starts to shape as a result of actually doing taking action, you know? What you said is so true. I, and it made me think of, you know, I used to be so judgmental about anything personal development related. Mm. I, I mean, when I, before I became an entrepreneur, if anybody said that they were an entrepreneur, I was like, oh, you don't have a job. <laughs> that, that's mean, a that's, good one. Yep. That's how I looked at it. I'm like, what does that mean, entrepreneur? What does that right. mean? And, and I thought corporate America was the only way to go. And so then when my friend Amy said to me one time, she was, you know, going to a Tony Robbins event and she's like, I have an extra ticket. It's going to change your life. And I'm like, you know, and, and I just, for some reason I went and I ended up walking on fire. And of course yeah. I did get a little bit of a blister. No, we all wind up with a blister the first couple of times. <laughs> because, but you know, I, it, it's such a good testimony to like the truth, you know, they're, they're getting you to walk across these hot coals. And they said, whatever you do, just walk across the coals. Don't stop. Don't double, double guess yourself. Second guess yourself. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Don't look down, just walk. And so what did I do? I, I, I'm like, I got this, I got this. And I went to step and I went and I looked down. And so I held my foot on the coal, but Ooh. then once I walked across the rest, didn't feel it. Then I got off and I ended up having second degree burn underneath the bottom of my foot. But all I can tell you is to what you were saying a few minutes ago, after doing that, do you know how many times I've said in my life, I'm like, if you think I can't do that, I've walked on fire. Okay. Right. I've done this. You do it. It's like, once you start stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping out of this is who I am, mm. that's who I'm not. And furthermore, on that note, I'm going to pose a question to you. When people say either, well, this is who I am. This is what I do. Or if they say, conversely, I'm not that type of person. I don't do that. I'm not into yoga. I'm not into weights. I'm not into vegetarianism. I'm not into whatever. Why would anybody choose to like limit their experiences and stay only the same person 
for the rest of their life. Because when I think about the woman I was 10 years ago mm. and the woman I was 10 years before that, I don't want to have, if I was the same woman I was when I was 22, God forbid, I wouldn't. I'm hearing you. Oh, if I was the same woman I was when I was married to my ex-husband, I mean, I was so, I was such a people pleaser. I was such a, please like me. I mean, mm. I don't want to be that same person. Why would people, why do people fear, I guess we're getting to the heart of it. People fear change, right? Why, you, why are they so scared of it when it's really an opportunity? Yeah, you called it. And, and, and I mean, you said fear. And that's exactly what it is. You know, I mean, you know, why wouldn't someone, you know, want to, to change, to, to evolve, to, to, to instead of being forced to change? Because ultimately, there's very few people in life that go from, you know, the, the, the womb to the grave without ultimately radical changing. And even when we get into our fixed mindsets on our adulthood, you know, we're either forced to change or we adapt or we decide, we make the decision at some point to change. And when we say change, it's really all about improving, better. Hey, you might have a great life right now, but you could have an even better life. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to be dissatisfied or, or angry that you don't have more. No, it doesn't mean that. It's just that it's an evolutionary process that we should always be pursuing. We should always be moving forward. And whether if we have a great, fantastic life, great. How can I contribute more? How can I serve more? How can I do more for others along the way that will allow me to love myself more, to be loved more, you know? But I think you hit it on the nose. You used the word fear. I think most people fear taking on something else that they say, that's not me. That's not who I am. I don't do that. I don't do yoga. Um, we hold on to our identities like with a death grip. We just do. Because it's who we are. In, our, in uh, one of my coaching process, my, my um, mastermind coaching, I call experience the leap. And the, in the experience the leap process, you know, we talk about uh, uh, several different components that are actually what I call the conscious components of taking a leap of faith, that we can do it consciously. We think about taking a leap of faith, for example, just, you know, suddenly we're thrusted upon this precipice and it, it, it's do or die. I can't live with what I'm living with anymore. It's a bad marriage. It's a bad business. It's pain, so much pain or even the anticipation of pain that I can't live with it anymore. And so it's forced upon us. But those are the times when we create the greatest change. Those are the times when we create the transformations in our lives. So you can do it consciously. And part of that process, uh, you know, is, is called brutal honesty, being brutally honest about what you're actually capable of and who you really are. I mean, that's a, that's a critical component to it. The next is what I call the dragon, because once you make a decision to change, you make a conscious decision not thrust upon you because there's so much pain pushing you to do it, to take that leap. But rather you say, you know what? I can anticipate the pain. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like, this is, I, there's more. I can be doing more. I can be doing more. I can be lifting weights and having a different process, a different, uh, a different result with my body in many respects. So you can consciously take that leap. However, once you have made the decision and it's the rare few that actually get through to that point where you've made the decision and you're standing consciously on that precipice, ready to take that giant leap forward. I mean, you're teeter-tottering right on the edge and this abyss is in front of you and you're not sure. You've got some idea what's on, what's on the other side. You know you're displeased with what's back here, and then, but you can't leap. You can't leap because there's a fear involved. And I call it the dragon. The dragon will come back and grab you by the scruff of the neck and pull you back and say, no, I don't think so. If you get involved with CrossFit, you're going to get injured. And you know why it's saying you're going to get injured? Because it's afraid it's, you're going to change in some way. 
And the dragon is more than happy to keep you right where you are in your comfort zone, holding on to the status quo instead of saying, because it doesn't know. The dragon is living in uncertainty constantly. And the other thing is the mind, the biggest job of the brain, the human brain, is to always look for and assess threat. If getting into CrossFit, if trying to lose weight, if starting a business, doing a pocket, whatever it might be, represents any kind of threat, the amygdala fires off, the dragon is roused from its cage, grabs it by the scruff of the neck and says, no, you're not doing that. Remember you did something like that last time and how painful it was when you got rejected or you failed or you lost all your money? So this is what it does. So most people know, unconsciously, they know this. We don't know this. That's why I say it's experience the leap, not just take the leap. We have to experience it consciously. Most people understand this on an unconscious level, but they don't recognize it. So this is why they remain stuck, remain where they are, and they hold on to that fixed mindset. But that fixed mindset, man, is, it's, it's the kiss of death, guys. If you get stuck in a specific mindset and you are this and you're not that, the chances of improving and having a lot, and really, and ultimately what I like to say is ultimately living the life that you deserve and want will be next to impossible to ever have, ever achieve. Analogy. I've got another one for you because of what you just said. I love your stuff, man. And it's, it's bodybuilding kind of trainer related Ah. because it's always the best. But I remember my first trainer, Jay, um, was training with me and he was really good at, he would, you know, every time I was doing a move and he'd push me, I mean, it was awesome. But if I was doing a move, sometimes he would adjust my knee or my foot, like just a little bit. Mm. I, was, I would go like, what, what is the big deal? He's like, move your foot here, put it back here. I'm like, what? And then he'd explain. And I, and he'd go, well, you know, you have a tendency when you do this move for your, your knees to go this way or your knees to go this way. And I'm like, well, why are my, I'm just very inquisitive. I'm like, why are my knees doing that? Mm. And I remember one time he said, our bodies are always going to want to use the form that's least challenging or the least, you know, like that's why people we, we encounter the least resistance. Yeah. We want the path of least resistance with our body, with our lives. Yeah. People won't like, that's why there's so many poor squat forms, right? Like when I really learned how to squat, right. How many people were doing it wrong, but it's, mm. it's harder to do it right than it is. Wait, it's harder to do it right. Oh yeah. The correct form. But the truth is just like anything, if you want your muscles to look the way that most people want, you have to go to muscle failure, right? You've got to push your muscle and then have recovery and then build them up again. And doing that requires effort and strain and mm-hmm. some really uncomfortable situations, right? Oh, like yeah. pushing heavy weights and straining and making funny faces. <laughs> but if you take it easy and you go in and you're just like, well, I'm lifting this glass. This is great. Like that's easy and that's not, not threatening, but there's no growth. Hey everybody, if you're tuning into this podcast and you are either A, thinking about having a podcast of your own someday, or you've already started your own podcast and you're doing your own production work, I have to recommend my podcast producer. He's got a few spots open and I told him, please let me help you get some of these business spots filled. He is exceptional at what he does. He is timely, he's professional, he is outstanding at covering up all of my screw-ups. I've been working with him for the better part of a year and a half. Can't recommend him strongly enough. 
And so because he's got a few spots open, I thought I would put an ad on here and let you guys know if you are looking for an outstanding podcast producer, I've got you covered. Go to kellyalexa.com, fill out the contact me form. I'll connect you directly. If you want growth, just like if you want your muscle to grow, if you want your body to transform, there's work and there's pain and there's recovery. And the body, just like the mind, is going to train us to go where it's the most comfortable, least change, least stretching. But that's low risk, low reward, right? Absolutely. You hit it on the nose. And But that's exactly how it works. And that is such a great metaphor because, again, the mind, spirit, mindset in itself is it requires a challenge. It requires resistance. And we're always going to run into resistance. It's how we handle that resistance along the way. And that's why even, by the way, I recommend, you know, martial arts training, CrossFit training in a safe, well-instructed environment, uh, strength training in any way, shape or form where you challenge yourself. As Kelly was saying, it's just like, you don't, you can't just lift it and, you know, without putting any kind of real mental effort or physical effort into it, you got to challenge yourself. If it doesn't strain you physically, it's not straining you mentally. And the, the, I, t- I tell you, the greatest reward in bodybuilding, strength training, anything like that, track running, whatever it might be, if you want to run a marathon, you want to do a, you know, a, a, an Ironman, the greatest reward isn't the physical. The greatest reward is the mental, emotional reward. It's the strengthening from that that just, man, oh man, you know, the chemical, the hormones, but really the strengthening of the mind when you push yourself and you begin to realize you did something that just yesterday, a week, a month, a year ago, you didn't believe you could do. Mm-hmm. It's just an extraordinarily transformative experience. So I would encourage everyone to kind of take that on. And the bottom line is taking it back to today, what we're experiencing today in terms of this disruption. You know, whether you've, you've uh, encountered the virus itself or your finances have been challenged or being cooped up with your spouse has challenged your relationship or your body because you haven't been able to get to the gym and you've gained some weight or so. This is an opportunity to challenge yourself and to grow. But you have to get into the right mindset to be able to do that. If you go into the gym with this mindset, oh, I'm afraid, I don't want to get hurt, I'm, 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 I, I'm fearful, then that's what's going to show up. If you're also fearful about this experience of what's going on now, instead of recognizing for what it really is, then you're not going to get any growth out of it. You know, and we go back to that growth mindset. The, the second part of the, uh, the three-part growth mindset for me is, a focused, directed, those two together, focused slash directed mindset. So you talk about, you know, what you're focused on is what you attract, right? We know that. Energetically, we also put that filter in front of ourselves. We're focused on the negative. We're fo- when my wife and I, were, we were focused on the, the, the problem, the challenge itself. We weren't focused on any kind of solutions and we felt stuck and we felt robbed and we felt like a victim. Because we were focused instead of being directed by our own thoughts, our own conscious thoughts, and what I call the plan. So the first step in that plan in the seven steps is making that empowered decision. If we go back there, right? That's number one. Number two is getting an understanding of the big picture. Kelly, you could probably understand this as well. I mean, I mean it, it recognizes from your own perspective is that sometimes when you're in, and we're, we've all been until we've choose, chosen not to be, when you're in fear, doubt, uncertainty, stress. This is a stressful environment we've been in. And whether we like to acknowledge it or not, we're being inundated with it. Every commercial, every show, every radio, everything we it's, it has something to do with creating fear, doubt, and uncertainty around all those things. So if we're in that mindset, in that space, it's hard 
to, you know, and I'm the, I'm the goal setting guy. I'm the goal achievement guy. It's hard to get very specific with your goal and objective right now. Very hard. It's, it's just because we still have this lingering doubt. So it's hard to say, you know what? By January 1st, I'm going to have $2.5 million in the bank. Very specific. Doable? Yeah. For almost anyone, you could do that. Right now, it'd be a little bit challenging. And you're going to add all sorts of doubt and uncertainty as a result of that goal, that trying to identify that. And it's probably something you just grabbed out of the air anyway. It's not something that's really specific to you at this moment. You know, starting a podcast could be part of a bigger picture. Doing a blog, writing a book, whatever it might be, getting back into the gym, getting fit is part of the big picture. You know, part of the big picture might be uh, in, 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 in six months, I'm lean and healthy. I live in a wonderful home. I have a great job. I'm making a terrific income. I have someone who loves me. This is like the big picture. It's not, you can take each one of those things and break them down specifically what each one looks like, but this might not be the time for that. The time for the time right now is to get a good grasp on the big picture, something that's more compelling than whatever the doubts and the fears and the uncertainties are, are creating in terms of an image in your mind. So first make that decision, then get a grasp of the big picture. This is all part of the planning process. That's key in this movement, right? So in order to be able to do that, you have to also start to shift your mindset around that. What is the big picture? And start focusing. So when I say focus directed, instead of having your focus directed by the news or politics or whatever else is going on, or even by the medical community that's saying, let's stay shut down indefinitely. Forget about what happens to the economy and what happens to everybody's livelihood. doesn't matter. What we want to focus on is saving lives right now. If you're focused exclusively on that, then your focus is being directed by somebody else. You can make that decision and focus your direction to where you want it to go by looking at that big picture. Here's the not so compelling future over here. And I keep being pulled towards it, pulled towards it, pulled towards it. And I result, as a result, I'm feeling the stress and the anxiety that comes with it, damaging my body, weakening my immune system, weakening my mindset and driving me further, further into despair. Instead, the big picture creates something that you then choose to focus on. And once you have a choice in terms of focusing, then you can start seeing the opportunities. Then you can start changing the mindset, feeling your power. Instead of the kryptonite weakening you, you can eliminate the kryptonite. I'm a big believer, and this is one of the things I talk about in the book, I'm a big believer that um, fear, doubt, and uncertainty keeps us from seeing those opportunities. But as soon as you create a plan and you begin to take decisive action on that plan, the fears, the doubts, the uncertainties, the anxiety almost magically goes away. I know you've had an experience like this. I have. I can tell you, getting the, the first couple of times getting in front of and speaking to a large audience. I was working for a company called Peak Potentials a few years ago. And we, get, we would get in front of you know, audiences of 5,000. I remember it was at 2,000 people one time in Singapore. And you know, most of them didn't speak English. And here I am, I'm leading this training, right? I'm like, oh my God, I, want, I threw up. I mean, I threw, I was so nervous, I threw up. I was like, oh my God, what? I didn't, it was like, I couldn't, it was like hard to really accept that, I, that we could do this and we're gonna do this, right? But I will tell you this, there was a plan. And as soon as I stepped into the action part of that plan, I stepped on that stage. It was like, game on. Let's go. There's no time. There's no space for fear, doubt, and uncertainty when a warrior is in the midst of the battle and executing on his plan. So create a plan. Start executing on it by taking action. And all of a sudden, all these fears, doubts, and uncertainties, 
that's moving you in this direction will start to magically disappear. And now you start to see those opportunities. Instead of thinking, what opportunities? They don't exist. So having that focus-directed mindset is one of the key components to that. It's so, it's so true. And I can, I can think about it being so applicable and we are so also at our time window. So I'm going to wrap it up here shortly, but what, I mean, I'm thinking about where I was and I was telling you this before we started recording. Um, and I said, you know, I was a victim for a couple of years, there was mm. a lot of chaos and turmoil, um, within my business. Um, a lot of betrayals by vendors that were working with my company, I had to fire a lot of people, a lot of people who had done me wrong. Um, And it was just, it it kind of felt like I was in this phase of my life where I got up every day, dreading looking at my email, dreading Mm. everything, dreading every call, every text, and and just feeling like, when's the other shoe going to drop? And I spent a lot of time, Tom, um, calling my mom, calling my friends, calling this person. I'd be on 45 minute calls bitching and saying, oh my God, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today. Wow. And I'd call and I'd cry and I would get so upset that I'd almost be like hyperventilating. Mm. And this was my regular thing. And I specifically remember one point that was a turning point for me. I was, I was in my garage. I just pulled in. I just had another, I looked at my phone. I hung up with my mom. I'd been bitching about everything that had happened. I'd just come from my attorney's office. I'm like, I can't believe I have to sue this company. Blah. blah, blah. And I was crying. And I looked at my phone and I'm like, I talked to my mom for an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. And then it was at the tail end of an audiobook by Grant Cardone that I was listening to. And, and he was making this point. He said, look, everybody, and he used the same word you did. He said, everyone's going to experience disruption in their lives or their business. The only thing that is going to turn stuff around for your business, if you need money, don't go looking for a lender, get into action, sell. Mm-hmm. That's that you've got to start acting, stop whining and start acting. And for me, that was like, it was like a bolt of lightning came out of the sky because all of a sudden I thought about all the calls and how many times that I spent texting people. You wouldn't believe what I, how much of my energy and my mind was focusing on, look at what's happening to me. And I had no plan. So what was directing every day was my pain. And right now, I mean, here, I think maybe that's why I look at people who put up on Facebook, oh, I'm so bored. I can't get out of here. I have nothing to do. Mm. Tell me something to watch on Netflix because I'm so bored. I'm like, I literally am so excited every day to get out of bed because when I finish with you, I have an exciting, like, I could work for seven more hours today. I, and I love every second of it because I have a plan. I'm working towards something. I've seen the opportunity. And so I just want to say that to everybody as like me being a living testament to everything Tom has just said, because I see myself when I was that victim before I had a plan, before I saw the opportunity. And I see myself now as the type of person who has experienced the right mindset. It's life-changing when Mm. you get up every day and you are not directed, like you said, by other things, by the news, by all the negativity, but you are directed by what you're choosing to go after life-changing. Am I right? Absolutely does. And you hit it on the nose because, you know, once you, I mean, like today even, is there any room anymore to feel the the fear, doubt, and uncertainty that would otherwise be intruding into our mind space? Because you've got seven hours of work to do today and it's productive work. It's work you choose to do. And, you know, know, we've we've talked about plan. We've, We've mentioned plan. You said with a plan. I said with a warrior's plan, once it's in action, you eliminate fear and doubt. So a lot of people I'm sure are asking, well, how, you know, where do I start? And this is one of the reasons I wrote the book is where do I start? How do I 
begin creating some inertia in the other direction. How do I get started? And that's what this book is really all about. The book is about getting you out of feeling stuck and giving you some directive in terms of starting the process of planning. Listen, the, 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 it's impossible for any book to, direct, to create a planning process specifically for your objective. There's too many objectives out there, right? So the planning process in general is, is, is something that we can fill in the blank. So this is basically a template to get you out of feeling stuck and get you into action. I asked the right questions along the way where well, you're going to begin filling in the blanks in terms of where is your mindset at? What space are you at? How are you interpreting this thing? What do we need to chew to change that? I asked the right questions along the way to say, hey, wow, you know what? That's how I should be thinking. And, and then along the way, the rest of the steps are all about getting you back in and creating whatever. It doesn't matter what you want to achieve. Whatever your comeback looks like for you, and you have to make that decision around what that looks like, this plan will apply. So I, that's why I do this. And by the way, this is, I'm giving this away. I want people to have, this is why I went into battle to a degree, a small battle. It never came to fisticuffs, <laughs> but with my, with my publisher, because it was just like, I want this. And he's like, free? You're going to give it away. How are we going to sell any books that you've given away free now? And honestly, God, I said, I don't care. I, I don't care. I said, right now, I got to get this into the hands of people. Now, granted, I offer something down the road. I want people to get into my coaching program. I want people to go into the experience to leave mastermind because I know what it can do for them. But that's not what this is about. It's about serving. It's about getting as many. I, I'm a big believer, and I, I know you are as well, Kelly. The more people having this, the, the, a positive, forward-moving inertia, you know, a, a high tide raises all ships, right? Mm -hmm. So let's get the tide moving up. And if I can lend a hand in some way, shape, or form by giving this book away, that's what I want to do. Because ultimately, you rise up, and she rises up, and he rises up. I rise up with it. You rise up with it. So let's make that happen. So that's why I give the book away. And uh, I think it's going to help quite a few people. It's already doing so. I'm excited I about it. I know it's going to help a few people. It's going to help a few thousand, a few million. Let's get it out <laughs> there to everybody. I, would be um, I, can't, I can't wait to read it because I, I know it's going to be awesome. And everything Great. you do is awesome. So tell people... And I got to make sure I'm going to make sure that we get this podcast published like right away and we get this up on video uh, on YouTube right away so that we can get the word out about this book because it's perfect timing. So tell well, people where they can find it. And if we're watching this, if you're watching this on YouTube, of course, we'll link down below. If you're listening to this on the podcast, of course, we'll put this in the show notes. But hit them, Tom. Where can they find Awesome. It? It's so simple. Go to the, T-H-E, comebackplan.com, thecomebackplan.com. Log in there. I mean, you'll just will download the book. You'll get it in your email. It's all digital. So this is one of the reasons we're able to give it away. We don't have to print it. We don't have to mail it. We don't have to do anything. We're just going to give it to you digitally. And you can go through the exercises. You can read. I would suggest going through a couple of times. And this is something, and I think I talked about this early on, uh, Kelly, and I'll make this very brief, is that uh, don't just read it. Reading will do very little. In fact, reading will just piss you off more because it's going to make you more aware of where you are and what you're not doing. So what I need you to do is I need you to go through those exercises, contemplate them, think about them, do some introspective as a result of those questions, and then start to think about and formulate the picture in your mind, the internal representation of what your comeback really looks like. What could it look like? Forget about what your reality is right now. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you want your reality to look like. So go through those exercises, start to create that image in your mind. And believe me, by the time you're done, it will have changed your mindset and your inertia. And instead of feeling this doubt and uncertainty and confusion, 
You're going to have hope. You're going to have a process for moving forward. I can promise you that. So go to thecomebackplan.com, thecomebackplan.com, and download it. And I hope to get to know you somewhere along the way. Please share your experience with me on, on Facebook. Um, and, uh, maybe in Twitter and all those other places that you'll find me. <laughs> I don't even know where to go myself, but I'm out there somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, I will say this in closing because of what you just said in telling people, don't just, don't just read the book and look at it and be like, Oh, this is nice, but do the exercises because as somebody who is a, I would say a book and course, aholic, I'm somebody no. who I want them all. And I've bought every book, every course on, on, I mean, so much over the past years, but you know, I didn't do the stuff and I bought courses and I would tell myself, now this is workaholic problems from the past, but I would buy courses and then they would just sit and I would pay them off and I had never done them. And what's so ironic is now that I've actually in the past year gone through those courses, I'm this stuff I have learned has transformed my business so much. I'm like, why did I not do this before? So <laughs> you probably cost yourself millions of dollars not doing them. <laughs> I, I mean, this is like common sense 101, yeah. but I will just say I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah, um, it's like the reason that I got more out of Tony Robbins. I I I referenced that before. Old Kelly would have gone to that event and been so skeptical that she wouldn't have like participated when he said, okay, I want you to write right. these down, but I, I wrote everything down and that's why it's stuck in my head. And so, yeah, for everybody listening, I really encourage you to not only download the book. I mean, if you've listened to this episode, you're already in love with Tom Terwilliger. I mean, you're going to be obsessed with him like I am. So of course you're going to go download it, but you obviously want to do the exercises, like you said, because that's going to cement all of this. Don't make this a nice fluffy idea. Make this where you draw the line in the sand and say, I'm taking the George Costanza approach. I'm doing everything different than I did before. And I want different results. So Absolutely. I love that. I love the George Costanza. You know, you have to write a book about that. The, 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 what, what would we call, I don't know, something about the George Costanza method. You know, I mean, <laughs> I love that idea. And, and by the that. way, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to sound, you know, like, oh, you're an idiot, but, but if you're not, if you're planning on not, if you don't do the exercise, if you're planning on not doing the exercise, I prefer you not download the book. Don't even read it because here's what's going to happen. You're going to read it. You're going to say to somebody later on, yeah, yeah, I read that book. It didn't do anything for me. Yeah. It didn't do anything. So you only hurt the others and you hurt yourself at the same time. So don't even bother. But if you plan and you commit to doing the exercises, then it will have a profound impact. I promise. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so, I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy that you did this, Tom. I'm, I'm not surprised at all because you, you, you sincerely care about helping so many human beings and it just comes through every time you speak. So um, I'm thrilled that we reconnected. I'm so glad you're back on the show. Um, I already have some other ideas for things we can do to get this, the word out about the book, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, and I just realized <laughs> I'm a little bit late for my next podcast. You're, oh, you're late. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. No, Thank I you. Do for it. I do this all the time. I chat too long. I do it all the yeah. time. So my, my assistant is used to it, but, um, Thank you so much for being on the show. I will link up everything in the show notes for you guys watching on YouTube. We'll link this down below. Thank you guys, everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Kelly O show. Thanks, Tom. Hey everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this two-part interview with Tom Terwilliger. He is fascinating, amazing, inspiring, motivating, inspirational. Did I already say inspiring? I probably did. Um, I just love this guy and everything he stands for. And every time I happen upon him on Facebook or YouTube and I watch some of his stuff, I'm just like, he's such a, he's just, 
one of those people who's a light in the world. And I really love everything that he and his lovely wife do. They're so positive. They're so encouraging. They believe so much in the people that they teach and that they coach. Um, they really believe in the potential of everybody. And I love, I love people like that. That's all there is to it. Those are the type of people I want on the show. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. I certainly encourage you um, to go download his book, check out everything else he's done. Um, if you're interested, I can't recommend certainly his business coaching or life coaching enough. He's an amazing individual. Um, so definitely check him out. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends on social media and share the show. Um, I Hopefully you've had a chance to check out some of our other shows. And if you're digging what we're throwing down and you haven't had a chance yet to give us a review, I would so appreciate it. You know that if you listen to podcasts, you know, every podcaster is going to ask you, please review the show. And I have made sure as every time I record one of these things and I'm asking you guys to go, you know, leave a review on our show, I'm making sure that that day I go and I review another show that I listen to because I know that all of those things add up. So spread the love share the show, review the show, uh, wherever it is that you listen to it, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. That would be so appreciated. And thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next time on The Kelly O Show.